everyone, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Beans. Frank is not here today. Frank is uh, doing his thing somewhere, sometime, somehow, without without me. So I'm, I'm going to be doing a solo show. We never know how that's going to go. We don't ever know how that's going to go. <laughs> we'll find out. Um... I wanted to start with something a little different today just because yesterday in the Beans household was a pretty monumental day. Uh, many of you have followed my my posts on what we're doing in terms of how we're eating and how we're feeding our bodies and how we're treating our health in our house. And in the beginning of September, I shared a post on social media with my husband's permission that said this past week, my husband hit a major major milestone. He st- started uh, keto in January and after a ton of research, converted to full carnivore a short time later. As of today, he has lost 105 pounds. He, quote, has MS, and I put that in quotes because scans have shown his lesions have, quote, shrunk, and he's been in remission for years because he's used nutraceuticals. The carnivore lifestyle is life-changing. I'm happy to share more if you ask. If you've done this, share your experience below. Additionally, after suffering from chronic depression for basically his entire life, for the first time ever, he isn't experiencing that anymore. His entire worldview and mental health have done a complete 180 by changing what he puts in his body. It has been revolutionary to experience this um, in so many ways. And it's not just what I'm about to show you, if you can see the screen, you'll see it, but it's everything else about our lives. Um, he, the, the, the mental health journey has been an interesting one. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys live with someone who has chronic depression, um, or major depressive disorder as quote, they define it. But if you can see the screen, I'm showing you before and after pictures, nine months into carnivore. This is, my husband is the shyest person on the face of the earth. He is very private. A lot of you know that because I'm never with him at any events or anything. 110 pounds. Left is January, right is today. Just to give you an example, look at that. It's not just the weight loss, though. Um, Eight or nine years ago now, my husband had optic neuritis and went to the hospital after the eye doctor sent him over there and they gave him steroids and calmed down his immune system and then the barrage of tests came and whatever and scans and blah 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 and he had been diagnosed with um, MS and he had lesions on his cervical spine and obviously his optic nerve nothing brain related no lesions on the brain anyway long story short we refused the treatment that they wanted to give us Um, he wanted to do it naturally he didn't want to go on any medicine and we he researched the hell out of what he needed to do to get his immune system healthy. And which is why when COVID came around and he got it, his vitamin D levels were at <laughs> at optimal, optimal levels. And he handled it like a champ. I still can't get over it. It's just been life-changing in so many ways. Oh. And, um, and, he started this in January and he had his yearly scans in, in April, March, April, I believe it was. And the lesions on his cervical spine were basically almost gone. And the doctors can't tell us that they're gone. They come up with like reasons, but they say they're difficult to detect. Dr. Berry is who my husband has spent most time with uh, online. But um, Michaela Peterson is why he started the carnivore road or one of the reasons why I sent him her TED Talk about the lion diet. Yeah, Dr. Berg is a Scientologist. I never realized that until 
my husband told me. That's why he stopped watching him. Um, but anyway, it makes sense because Scientologists are completely anti-Big Pharma. But I'm, I'm just saying, um, I'm going to be sharing more about this. I don't want to like be that person that barrages you with like what they've done to get themselves fit. Uh, however, I could never sit on this after experiencing what I've experienced for the past nine months. Everything in our lives has changed. Literally everything. In a positive way. It was never this easy. Not quote easy. It was never this good. And see, keto will change your life. I suffer major depression and went into in 10 carbs a day. Lost 21 pounds, 21 days, but my mental health was a beaming light of joy. Saladino is great. He's eating lion, yes. No, he's not eating lions. He's only eating meat. Just to give you a quick, quick rundown before we get into business business today. He eats, and I eat, I eat the same as him, generally. I, I stray off this a little bit just because I do. Because I want to. Because um, I crave things sometimes. <laughs> he, We have a 12, uh, 16 hour fast. We eat in a window from 12 to 8. But since we've gotten ourselves pretty conditioned on this, we don't need more than one meal a day. We eat meat every single day. Meat or meat products. Every single day. A skirt, a skirt steak is typically our lunch. That's what we enjoy. We enjoy skirt. We, we're doing ribeyes for a very long time. And I just find that I enjoy skirt more. It's quicker to cook. It's it's more flavorful in my opinion. Um, and that's it. No sugar. Literally no sugar. We also drink our, our electrolytes. <laughs> the invisible bottle of electrolytes. <laughs> um, to keep our electrolyte consumption up. To make sure that that's all balanced. Um, and then that's it. We eat the steak and that's it. No sugars, no grains, no processed anything ever, ever, ever. No soda, no sweetened beverages, nothing with a fake ingredient in it whatsoever at all, ever, zero. Eggs, bacon, cheese. You know, we, um, if we want to fry something up, we're using, um, we're using tallow and pork rinds and we do use quality salt yes now it's he's researched he's got the salt I just follow him at this point I'm following his lead so I'll keep you guys posted on all of this I'm going to write something up I'm going to talk about it more it's just too good not to share if anybody is wondering like Gigi commented this morning on one of the posts and said um isn't it crazy how they want to take away all the things like that make us healthy? Like they want to take away meat. They want you to eat fake meat. They want you to eat tofu. They want you to fill your body with soy and seed oils. Stay away from seed oils. Stay far away from seed oils. They're so inflammatory. Yep, beef, butter, bacon, and eggs. That's damn right. Sounds counterintuitive. Sounds like if you'd eat that way, you'd have to go on a statin that will slowly erode your brain and cause Alzheimer's disease. Doesn't it sound that way? I've never, ever seen a carnivore activist pass away from health issues. I have, however, seen many vegans pass away from health issues that are carnivore, that are activists for the vegan lifestyle. Yes. Look it up. She cured her rheumatoid arthritis. She's had a journey. She's she's got a, an extreme case, but I think Dr. Peterson, Jordan Peterson is now on this himself. So anyway, I show you this not just because I'm amazed at what my husband has been able to accomplish and he is absolutely inspiring. The fact that he is allowing me to share this with you if you knew me personally would blow your mind. Blow your mind. Like, we literally have matching tattoos that are yin-yangs because I'm so outspoken and vocal and public and he's so private and withdrawn. And I'm begging him to get on a show with me so we can talk, but this was a huge first step for him. Um, 
But because this is going to change, this can change people's health. Thank you. He also has a tattoo on his arm, which you can't see on the inside of his arm with my kids' names on it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So anyway, that's Will. That's, that's Will for today. Moving right along. I have this clip here before we get into Missouri v. Biden. It's uh, Arsenio Hall back in the day dealing with the heckler who wanted him to talk to more gay people on his show. And I want everybody to realize that if we, have just, we would have done this, if every comedian would have just done this, Russell Brand wouldn't be a thing right now. We'll just say that. Here we go. I'm sorry, I, I can't hear you, man. Why don't I have any gay guests on my show? Well, there are a lot of gay guests who really don't like to talk about their sexual preference, so we don't know whether they're gay or not. This ain't Murph. You didn't think I'd run from this, did you? This ain't Johnny. I ain't gonna run from it. I'm gonna deal with it. Who would you like me to have on my show that's gay that maybe I haven't had? When Harvey has something I'm interested in, I'll bring him on the show. But this is my show, okay? You think, you think I haven't had somebody on the show because they're gay? What's wrong with you? I got gay friends I've had on the show because you don't know them or it ain't who you want on the show. You got a problem with it? If you want to book it, get yourself a show. No, I don't do anti-gay jokes. I do characters just like I do McDonald's waiters, just like I do jokes about politicians, Dan Quayle, or anybody else. I'm a comedian. Why is it that you can do a joke about anything and anybody, but when you do a gay joke, I gotta have idiots in here protesting over it. You don't see Dan Quayle here. You don't see Millie Vanilli here. What's your problem? What's your problem? Why is it that I can't do a gay character? It's a joke, man. Loosen up and enjoy it. It's a joke, man. Loosen up your and enjoy it. Speaking of that, I had this for later, but I'll play it now. I don't know if any of you guys have seen. Hold on. This dude before. Give me a minute. I have it up here. I have it up here. I have Portnoy for today, too. Here. Ryan Long some- is going on a UK tour. Get out the censors. Watch this. In some parts of Britain, the arrest rate for offensive speech has risen by 900%. The Times reported that British police are arresting up to nine people a day. Law enforcement is encouraging people to report non-crime incidents. And here I was thinking that New York had a rat problem. Which is why on my tour, I will be attempting the death-defying stunt of performing the most offensive set list of all time. I will be doing all of this while smoking cigarettes on stage, wearing a leather jacket with a patch on it that says offend, and asking the audience if it was too soon after every single bit. I will start this set by yelling the N-word for 10 minutes. I will then proceed to draw the Prophet Muhammad for eight straight hours. Abortion, 10 minutes for, 10 minutes against. After that, I will take a devil's advocate position on Cosby, school shootings, and police brutality. I will then proceed to deport three immigrants. Time frame of that bit depends on the helicopter. I will attempt to list off the number of genders using only my thumb. I will then wheel a handicapped man down the stairs, deny COVID existed in its entirety, rank races best to worst, and for my finale, I will be bringing four dogs on stage that I have taught a special trick. And if the cops are listening, you can try to stop me, you British Yes, we need a revolution. We need a revolution of epic proportions like this. And it's only going to take a few before everyone finds their sack. Because this has gotten out of control. It has gotten absolutely out of control. Now, I know that everybody's got their qualms about Brand and what they are doing to him. Some people agree that, you know, he was with a 16-year-old and all of... I, I get it. But there's a reason why they're doing this to him. And it doesn't have anything to do with some sexual, you know, issues he had back in the day. 
Um, I'm disappearing today. I'm like, I'm like in Back to the Future. Um, Rumble, Rumble, where we are proudly broadcasting live right now, got a letter from the UK asking them. I'm sorry, from the the British asking them to stop monetizing Russell Brand. Now, there is no criminal inquiry going on right now. This is just a he said, she said bit as it stands. This is unbelievable what they're doing because he had the balls to say what we all know is true. And he had a high profile and he has a lot of people listening to him. And now they need to try and shut him up. And all of you know this. I don't have to go through it. All of you know this. But I just want to show you. Now they're laundering nonsense out through other people to make it worse. One incident says this person that talked to a reporter who didn't include this in the story. He anally raped a woman so badly there was blood everywhere after he told her to clean your mess up with a lot of expletives. The problem is this was taken from a piece that was written when Russell Brand won a libel lawsuit against the woman who claimed that because it was BS. The British government asked TikTok the same. We are concerned that he may be able to profit from his content on the platform. We do not want this man to make a dollar. We want to debank him, destroy him, and make it so that anybody who attempts to do this in the future thinks twice about doing so. These are governments reaching out to social media platforms, trying to get them to censor and debank and destroy anyone who goes against the state-sanctioned narrative. Which leads us into Missouri v. Biden. And I don't know, I'll take a quick poll really quickly for the live viewers right now before I get into it. Can you type a one in the chat if you are aware of the story from the beginning of Missouri v. Biden and a two if you're not so sure and would like a good, a good refresher. Number one, if you are well aware and have followed the work. Number two, if you'd really like a little refresher. And then I'll know how I approach this for the majority because I don't want to go through the entire, entire, entire. Got a couple twos. We got some ones. We got a one and a half. A lot of ones. God bless you guys for following along. If you haven't had time, I get it too. Okay. All right. I'm going to do a pretty, a pretty... 1.378 says someone in the chat. <laughs> All right, here we go. Ready? Missouri v. Biden is a lawsuit filed by the states of Missouri and Louisiana, along with private plaintiffs like Jim Hoff from the Gateway Pundit, Jill Hines from Health Freedom, Louisiana, Dr. Bhattacharya, Dr. Cariardi, Cariotti, um, and several others. RFK Jr. has now merged his um, his suits with this one as well. They filed it against the government, alleging that the government coerced, threatened, and significantly encouraged social media platforms to ban content that they didn't like and adjust their terms of service to reflect what the government wanted those terms of service to be, and then helped the social media platforms to know who was violating those terms of service, okay? When they filed the case, they asked the judge to grant them expedited discovery and depositions of some key people in order to gain the evidence they needed to ask the judge to grant a temporary injunction halting the government from any communications with social media platforms that had anything to do with banning content, etc. The judge granted the expedited discovery and deposition, which is very, very, very unheard of when you're dealing with people at such a high level. They went through that process. Very limited discovery, just a, a smidgen of discovery. Um, for example, here it says, as the district court found, this evidence likely just scratches the surface 
of federal censorship activities. For example, Facebook identified 45 federal officials who communicate with them about misinformation and censorship, and Twitter identified 83. Those identified include at least 20 White House officials from whom plaintiffs received discovery from only one. So all of this is going off of this discovery just from one of the people who were involved in this. They get the discovery. There's fighting back and forth. The government's saying, oh, no, they're looking at this stuff out of context, blah, blah, blah. A, a generous person from our audience um, funded a trip for me to go down to Louisiana to sit in the courtroom for the eight hours that this hearing went on. I've reported on it extensively. The hearing was absolutely unbelievable. I was the only journalist there. It was unbelievable. Happy birthday to that person, by the way. It's their birthday yesterday. It was unbelievable. And the judge, Terry Doty, in the district court in Louisiana, who has a number of other suits with him right now, namely one against the EIP and Stanford Internet Observatory and all the private NGOs that say that they're private but are really taking your taxpayer dollars to then go behind the back doing what the government knows it can't do when they already did stuff wrong. Just think of the level that rises to. So your tax dollars are, are paying for the government to demand that your, your voice be censored on social media. So Terry Doty on the 4th of July, like the, like the badass he is, grants this injunction, broad injunction, telling CISA, who thinks that your thoughts are part of the infrastructure they get to police. Yes, that came out too. CISA has called your thoughts, your thoughts. Every one of you guys sitting at home right now, listening or watching this, your thoughts are cognitive infrastructure. <laughs> Judge Doty several times in his sprawling 155-page ruling said, he invoked George Orwell like goodness knows how many times when he was writing it. Somebody in the chat asked which president started CISA. Uh, president Trump started CISA. Um, so the injunction came down. Everybody lost their minds on the left. News stations covering it saying how the, the judge took away the government's right to freely speak, mis misconstruing the entire thing. Fine. They appeal it to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, a three-judge panel. They go through the hearing on that. The, the, the Court of Appeals last week, or no, not last week. Was it last week? It was two, two weeks ago. The Court of Appeals comes out and says, hey, guess what? Yeah, this is really, really, really bad. The White House, the FBI, the CDC, and the Surgeon General's office slaughtered your free speech rights. Slaughtered them. Slaughtered free speech rights. And now we are going to uphold the injunction against you guys for these four departments. However, however, we're gonna, we don't have enough evidence in front of us yet to include CISA. We all said, oh man, that's a great win for several reasons I'll get into in a second. For you, you personally, not for the plaintiff, for you. And I'll, I'll explain it in a second. Um, but CISA's not included and that's bad. That's that's bad because CISA, if you know anything about CISA, is the hub of it all. It is the it is the dragon. It is the head of the head of the beast. Every tentacle and censorship comes out from CISA. Every one of them. All of them. So we were disappointed about that. I did a thread on the temporary injunction being upheld from the Fifth Circuit and what they said about everything. I highly recommend you take the time to read it. I've, I've summarized the parts that are super important. It's a longer thread, when are mine ever not? 
I go through a recap of the entire case first. It is also up as an article on Uncover DC. I'll put the link in the show notes below for everyone. It's, you need, I'm telling you, I don't say this very often. People come to me a lot with cases and say, oh my gosh, this is the biggest thing ever. This is the biggest thing ever. And I'm always like, "Mm -mm, no, it's not. It's not. It's not going to make it past this stage. It's not going to make it past that stage. And typically, just because I've done this for so long with so many lawsuits, I'm right. This is the most important civil liberties case in our nation's history ever. Hands down, no question, 100% most important case that we will ever see in our lifetimes right here. There's no doubt about it. No doubt. So they uphold it for the White House, the CDC, the Surgeon General, and the FBI. And they put it on the side for CISA because they say they don't have enough evidence yet. Well, the government, of course, appeals to the Supreme Court. Now, the Supreme Court has to decide whether or not they're going to hear this case and take it up. But they asked for the, gov- the, the plaintiffs to respond to what the government's saying. So, of course, the government argues they have to be able to censor you to keep you safe. They don't want you to be getting any myths and disinformation about things like shots or abortion or the Ukraine or Afghanistan or, 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 or anything that is the truth, the lab leak theory, COVID, all the important issues of the day, they want to make sure that the government and the media are the state-sanctioned narrative and you can't get your hands on anything else. We all know this. We experience it every damn day. We see this every single day. For perfect example, I said this and it's in the appeal. Elon Musk said, go F yourself. We're going to make it so that we're not enforcing this stuff anymore. And what does the government do? They go after him on FCC violation. I mean, it's just ridiculous. This was a, a Massey clip, actually, I had up for today. Massey addressed this in his in his floor speech against Merrick Garland yesterday. Thomas Massey, good old Massey. I'll share it in a minute. But what came out of the Fifth Circuit that is important for you personally? A couple different things. Number one, when you are censored off of social media, the government argued that because you're back on the platform that you were censored from in some way, shape, or form, you created a new account, you're back, whatever, you aren't censored anymore. And you can, you know, you don't have any harm or ongoing injury or anything. Well, the Fifth Circuit said, not so fast. Not so fast. Your self-censoring is enough to cause harm. The fact that you are out on a platform afraid to say something for fear of censorship is harm to your First Amendment right to free speech. That is a game changer. Codified at the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals and in front of the SCOTUS right now. The other thing that they affirmed is that no matter, no matter what happens moving forward, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that every social media company is now crafting their terms of service content moderation policy based around what the government wants them to do for fear the government will take any number of actions they have openly, visibly threatened to take in the past. Section 230 revocation, antitrust legislation, what California is doing right now to social media companies. Elon Musk is suing California. We talked about this on the show last week. They're suing California saying California wants them to basically report back what they're doing with content that doesn't fit into the guideline. It's insanity. This is our town square now. Yesterday on the um, A Side of Bean show, we did a whole generational thing where the generation now doesn't even know what a map is at all, let alone hold one and know how to read it. Our town square today is social media for the most part. And I mean, just look what they did during COVID to people who were trying to worship openly. That's, 
an abridgment of our First Amendment rights. And I see a lot of the times people are saying like, oh, because of the heated Trump DeSantis back and forth right now, a lot of people are saying, well, look, COVID's not important. The vaccines aren't important. Um, you know, that's like not an issue that people are thinking about. We should focus much more on the economy and things like that. Um, and I think that that's silly. COVID and the pharmaceutical industry and everything surrounding it and all of that is the reason why we're headed down this slippery slope that we're down because we relinquished our privacy in favor of what they told us was quote, or not our privacy, our freedom in favor of what they told us was safety and security. And a lot of people did it so willingly that they now know they can go to any lengths without major pushback. And when there is major pushback, hence a J6, look what happens. We're in, we're in, we're in terrible times right now. There is hope. Lots of it. Things are changing. Amazingly. I'm not, I'm not being a doom spreader at all. I am excited. I am excited. I'm invigorated. I am full of love and positivity and joy straight up. That's the God's honest truth about how I feel every day. I am not in the doldrums at all. Because they can't keep a lid on a boiling pot. The pot boileth over. I got bitten. I take my dogs out in the mornings and at night and the, the gnats and crap are out of control this year. And I've gotten, my arms are like covered by little gnat bites. So if you see me scratching, that's why. It's very annoying. Um, you cannot take a boiling ass pot and stick a lid on it and pretend that because you do something to Russell Brand that everybody's going to shut up. I am so excited about what we're doing. We are doing amazing things together. Amazing things together. So don't get me wrong. There's a lot of bad, but people inherently are good, strong, God-fearing, loving beings. That's why I do this show on Tuesdays and Thursdays. If you haven't seen this show, you have to get over there. It's really awesome because we get to relax for an hour and, and see humanity for what it is and forget, not forget, but put aside what they're doing. I'm constantly saying, go out and put your toes in the grass because you're grounding yourself at that point. Anyway, so somebody in the chat said something important. All of those agencies will then go to CISA to censor what they want. They can't. There is a provision in the injunction that makes it so they can't. Um, Omega Alpha 2. So that's not a thing. That's not a thing. So anyway, there's a lot of good that came out of this Fifth Circuit stuff. The the cissist part of it was, you know, bad. We we all talked about it. Um, you know, we had a space. I had a space with Trash Discourse and with Name Redacted, who's been really doing amazing work into how... Former intelligence assets are moving into social media companies in places of importance like trust and safety, election integrity, and things of that nature. So they wrote their, the, the plaintiffs wrote their rebuttal to what the government was saying. And the government was basically saying, how dare this court get in between the speech of what, like what, what the executive can, can say and what they can't. Again, misrepresenting the record, never refuting one ounce of factual findings, which are voluminous. Massive amounts of, I put it all here, guys. I put it all here. I put it all here. So yesterday, yesterday, the 20th. Nope, two days ago, they filed. It was Wednesday they had a file. They filed Missouri and Louisiana filed. A.G. Bailey and A.G. Landry, God bless you guys. Eric Schmidt before Bailey, God bless you. This is absolutely amazing. I'm telling you, I always wish and pray. It's always like whenever we have something like this, guys, it doesn't go just, it, it, they like stop right before they should. It's the same thing with the weaponization hearings and all this stuff. They go, they go, they go. They stop right before they should. Like they stop right before the real kicker. Because they don't want to do anything. 
Okay. They don't want to expose anything. They don't want to uncover anything. They don't want to do anything. So they stop right before they should. Well, this team does not stop. They don't stop. They go everywhere. They under, they overtake, they overturn every rock. They look under every crevice. They have a, and not, I've never been so on team. Oh my gosh. With a, with a team of government attorneys than I have in this case. There's nothing bad I can say about them. Not, I wish they would have. I wish they would have. I was even making the case last week. If they don't appeal the CISA portion of this, don't get mad because it is a balancing act of risk versus reward. Like, you know what I mean? It's a very complicated decision to make. Well, CIS is back on the table. The last paragraph of their unbelievably powerful filing at the SCOTUS for this case says this, the government asks the court in the alternative to construe this application as a petition for writ of certiorari, grant the petition, and set the case for argument. This request is premature, however, because plaintiffs plan to file a petition for panel rehearing in the Fifth Circuit on September 22nd, 2023, which would be today. But if the court does grant this request, it should add respondents' proposed questions presented. Number one, whether the Fifth Circuit erred in vacating the injunction as to the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency and related entities. Related entities are those private NGOs. Stanford Internet Observatory, EIP, Atlantic Council, all the names. Number two, whether the Fifth Circuit formulation of the standards for government action provides sufficient protection to fundamental front First Amendment in- interests, meaning they don't think the Fifth Circuit took their injunction far enough. And all I could do was stand on, stand on my, my feet, jump up and down and, and scream yes. You have to read the record to know how badly CIS is acting. Now, the Fifth Circuit argues CISA didn't threaten anybody. They just said, hey, you might want to look. But there is evidence in the record at this point that shows that there was coercion. It perhaps was not highlighted as well as it could have been. And so they're going back and they're going to ask for a full on bank hearing in the Fifth Circuit on this. Amazing. Just amazing. The best, most important civil liberties case ever, because look at this. The anti-vaccine movement is on the rise. The White House is at a loss over what to do about it. This is the first story in a five-part series diving into the rise of the anti-vaccine political movement. (laughs) Um, How many of you guys are anti-vax? Me, proudly, proudly. Proudly. A Biden administration that vowed to restore Americans' faith in public health has grown increasingly paralyzed over how to combat the resurgence in vaccine skepticism. And internally, aides and advisors concede there's no comprehensive plan for countering a movement that steadily expanded its influence on the president's watch. The rising appeal of anti-vaccine activism has been underscored by RFK Jr.'s insurgent presidential campaign and fueled by prominent factions of the GOP. The mainstreaming of a once fringe movement has horrified federal health officials who blame it for seeding dangerous conspiracy theories and bolstering a COVID era backlash to the nation's broader public health practices. But as President Joe Biden ramps up a re-election campaign centered on his vision for a post-pandemic America, there's little interest among his aides in courting a high-profile vaccine fight and even less certainty of how to win. There's a real challenge here, said one senior official who's worked the COVID response and was granted anonymity to speak candidly, but they just keep hoping it'll go away. The White House's reticence is compounded by legal and practical concerns that have cut off key avenues for repelling the anti-vaccine movement, according to interviews. 
That is Missouri v. Biden. Biden officials have felt handcuffed for the past two years, got the timeline wrong, by a Republican lawsuit over the administration's initial attempt to clamp down on anti-vaxxers who alleged the White House violated the First Amendment in encouraging social media companies to crack down on anti-vaccine posts. The suit, they believe, has limited their ability to police disinformation online. How many times do I, I can, I almost can't handle this. We don't need the government to police information. They have, they have done more to harm people than any, any single entity ever. They made Facebook take down support groups for the vaccine injured merely because they didn't want people to see that there were vaccine injured and then think twice about taking the vaccine, quote, shot, the gene therapy that would injure them. They literally wanted you to, to harm yourself. And it broke my heart. These people found community in groups on Facebook for the first time when they're doctors, they're nurses, they're, they're being sent to shrinks because they're saying that their, their, their symptoms are anxiety. The, it runs the gamut. I've reported on this for years. It is soul crushing to see what's happened. And again, I'll say it again, members of my own damn family, okay? This is very personal to so many of us for so many reasons. They took that voice away from those people merely to keep their fake narrative going and have the gall to say this stuff, which leads me to this. Let's listen to this. Linking it. Hold on, bear with me. I want to make sure it starts from the beginning. We have 1,400 studies, peer-reviewed studies, published on NIH's website, PubMed, mm-hmm. linking it to all of, uh, linking various vaccines to all of those injuries. So what are they doing this for, money? Well, they're making $60 billion a year selling us vaccines, but they're making $500 billion a year selling the remedies for the injuries caused by vaccines. Wow. So the diabetes medication, the Adderall, the Ritalin, the Concerta, um, the, the Advair inhalers, the albuterol inhalers, the anti-seizure medications, all of those, you know, this is a, a really great business plan for these companies. You make people sick and then you sell them the lifetime cure. The measles, wow. they weren't making any money. If you get measles or chicken pox, the cure is chicken soup and vitamin A, and you can't patent either of those. Huh. And you're well in a week. There's self-limiting illnesses that go away in a week. Um, but if you can give somebody that vaccine and make them you know, diabetic for life, and you got a permanent customer, or ADD or ADHD, and you know many of the vaccines are for illnesses for which there is zero risk. A baby, a one-day-old baby has zero risk of getting hepatitis B right. if, if his mother doesn't have it, yeah. which every mother is tested for. You can only get it from you know unprotected sex or from sharing needles. Why are we giving one-day-old babies a vaccine for hepatitis B and they admit the vaccine only lasts five years? That baby is not going to have sex with a prostitute in the first five years of life. There's zero risk. And yet it's a very, very dangerous vaccine. Thank you, Vigilant Fox, for clipping that out of this interview. Listen, it all ties together. All of it. All of it ties together. They've been doing this to us for decades and decades and decades. And, you know, this was a super interesting way to go about it right here. Hold on. This person, Jessica Rojas, posted this a a week or two ago and I shared it and I said, please, guys, share this. And this all ties into the beginning of the show, right? My husband, his experience, what we're all realizing, statins, how they kill you. Listen, we've been lied to about literally everything. And now we're left trying to find what is actually true. And the entire population, for the most part, is doing this right now globally. So when you're you're down in the dumps and you're feeling like trash, realize your neighbor is probably out there researching a natural way to cure, I don't know, whatever. Now... That breeds issues because, you know, you got to find someone you trust. You got to do your own research. You know, that's the bad words, very bad words to the medical establishment. Do your own research. But there are 
significant numbers of doctors speaking out about this now. They were all over my post about Will, all over them. This is a revolution that's happening, and it's a non-political revolution. We're not concerned about, quote, whether a doctor is a liberal or a conservative if they're telling the truth about health, are we? No, we're not. This is what they should. I just want you to read this for what it is. I want to read this to you for what it is. And understand that if you approach it this way, the people who have been sadly very indoctrinated to what the health establishment is, open their eyes a little bit because it's insane. Just got back from the doctor and they want to put my baby girl on eight different prescriptions. The doctor admitted he wasn't sure if any of them reacted with one another, but rest assured she should be fine. He told me these meds will make her healthier. And I said, okay, can you print out the ingredients for me? Here's what she'll be taking. Let me know your thoughts. I can't even pronounce half half of this. A continuous line of monkey kidney cells, acetone, African green monkey kidney, alcohol, aluminum hydroxide, aluminum phosphate, aluminum salts, amino acid, amino acid solution, amino glycoside, antibiotic, ammonium sulfate, ammonium sulfate, aluminum phosphate, amorphous aluminum hydrophosphate sulfate. Would you put your baby on eight medicines that had E. coli, Egomem, modified medium, EDTA, um, FTC yellow and aluminum, Fenton, Glutamate, glycerin, guinea pig cell cultures, herpes, hydrolyzed gelatin, hydrolyzed case. And I'm just picking some. Just read through, okay? This is the ingredients in the eight medicines that this doctor wants her baby to take. There's more. They had to be continued because she ran out of freaking room in the new character limit tweet or X post. Semi-synthetic media, semi-synthetic medium, sodium bicarbonate, sodium borate, sodium carbonate, sodium chloride, sodium citrate, sodium... Are you going to put this in your baby's mouth? Are you going to take a dropper and put this in your baby's mouth? Thermosol, synthetic medium, sucrose, sterile water, maybe. Soy. Would you do that? This is all of the ingredients in the eight different vaccines they want to inject your baby with when they're born. If it was handed to parents this way, how readily do you think that they would walk up and stick their baby out, kicking and screaming for those shots? How often? It's pages long. There are hundreds. As someone in the chat said, most of those ingredients on their own would kill you. But yet, Americans are expected to inject their babies 80-something times with the chemicals that are listed here on this page right now. And if you say that it's probably not such a great idea and it can cause some health issues, you are treated like they treat Russell Brand. Something's wrong with that. Something's wrong with it. And this is why this issue is so important to me because it loops back in to everything we're dealing with right now. Economy, health, all of it is looped together. This push to get you to eat fake meat, the soy latte craze, all of it, all of it, everything, culturally, um, economically, globally, all of it ties back into this. You have to understand that as we move forward, it is so clear And if I can today, I'm going to sit down and write an op-ed for Uncover DC where I try to explain this at a very high level for everybody because I've been doing this for 20-something years and health has always been at the pinnacle of everything that I've done. Everything. Health. Even from 9-11, them telling us it's okay to go out and it's safe to breathe. I have um, an uncle who was a first responder at 9-11 who was very, very severely ill, who helped to author the Zadroga bill in, in New York City to get first responders the health care they needed after they were told it was safe to go down and breathe that air by the, by the government and then got cancer and, and all kinds of other stuff. They're trying, and, and, and just somebody said, you know, we can't even get raw milk here in this country. Raw milk is even raw milk's the devil, right? Raw milk, bad for you, bad. You'll die. You'll get 
bacteria and you'll die. You'll die from raw milk. This is what they tell us. This is the UK. Now, I'm not saying that Europe and the UK are pinnacles of health and of freedom, but a lot of them treat, like if you took a, a label of what was in UK food and put it next to what was in the United States' ingredient list, your head would explode. They don't even know what cereal is over there. I follow this guy on TikTok who came over here for the first time. He does the, I can't believe this is in the US versus the UK. And he was blown away at what he found. Look at this. Watch this video. If you haven't already been down to Pemberton's, visit the raw milk vending machine. We just thought we'd put a small video together just to show you how it works. You can either choose a one liter, a two liter, or bring your own can of carton. Open your door, put your coin in, choose a one or a two. One. Start bending. This is a raw milk vending machine. Vending machine. So I'll tell you, um, one of the first things that we started doing on this journey is looking at the labels. They always tell you in all of the videos that you'll watch of the health folks and everything, stay on the outside of the supermarket. Don't go in the middle because in the middle of the supermarket is where all the crap is, okay? But if you just, for an, I'm not lecturing at you. Everybody does this at their own pace. Everybody does it when they want to. It's not feasible for everybody. There is a way to make it work on a very limited budget. I know everybody thinks some for some reason I'm some multimillionaire. I promise you, <laughs> promise you that's not true. We had to figure out a way to get our very limited shopping budget such that we could buy high quality meat for our bodies. And we figured it out. We figured it out. There, you, you, you substitute from other places. You make your kids eat a little healthier. You save and you can do it. It is definitely, definitely doable. There are some weeks where we have to go a grade down. We can't get the highest grade. We got to go one down. There are some times, like there was a trucker, by the way, who came in the comments and said, oh, I'm a trucker. I'm a long haul trucker. I can't do this. And I said, you absolutely can. You can actually do it with fast food. If you had to, go to Arby's, get just the meat. Just eat the meat off the sandwich, the roast beef. That's actual roast beef that they're cooking. It is. Um, Burgerfy. They have great burgers there. Or bring a portable propane barbecue with you at your stop. Take it out, put it out, get your lid, cook yourself up a skirt steak, three minutes each side max, if that's how you like it. And there you go. I was going somewhere with this. Read the labels, that's what I'm saying. Read your labels. Then look at what's processed in your food. Do a Google search and look at what it is. And once you start reading the labels, it'll say like keto friendly, no added sugar. And then you'll see there's like 18, 19 grams of carbs in there coming from, they lie to you on labels. You have to read your labels. So important. This is everything. If we are sick and dependent on pharma, they can do anything they want to us straight up. So... It's important. It's all of it ties together. I know how, Tracy, can you jump from politics to censorship to pharma to food to, and make it all make sense? Everything. They want you tired, sick, dependent, and unable to spiritually grow, which is what you do when you are not tired, sick, and dependent. You grow spiritually. You're happy. You feel good. You exude love. You, you have positivity. You're optimistic. You feel you feel like you can take the world on. They do not want that. All of it is connect. All of it. It all, all weaves together. Every last bit of it. Don't let anybody tell you any differently. Don't let someone tell you the economy is more important than health or that it's not as important to Americans as health. They make the food prices high, so you have to eat the crap. Why do you think it's so expensive to get meat right now? Just, just. Why? For, for, it's all connected. All of it. Everything we're going through right now. It's an all out war. But guess what? <laughs> we're winning. We're winning. They can't shut everyone up. 
okay? They can't stop you from going outside and having a powwow with your neighbors and saying, okay, let's start a little co-op here. Let's get some things going. You, this week, responsible for this. You responsible for that. You responsible. There's no, there's no, not yet anyway, there's no drone flying over your house trying to figure out what the hell you're saying. They're trying. They're failing. They're failing. Understand. Keep going. Keep fighting. Keep it up. Keep it up. This is one of the most interesting. I had this um, up just to show you guys. I, I talked about it on the show yesterday. Um, I had funny stuff up here too. Oh, before we go into the CIA documents that I wanted to show you about real quick. It's 928. I might run a minute or two over. I don't know if you guys are upset. Also, also, make sure you run over to the Kyle Serafin show. I think Steve Friend is filling in for Kyle today. Steve's awesome. So there's that. Why you always tread carefully when you enter? <laughs> you know what? Screw it. I'll save this for the Tuesday show instead because it's hysterical. The comments are hysterical. People are so funny. Um, the, I'm a little late to the party on this because I've never found it in this way. I actually wanted to thread this out for everybody. This is um, a video of the CIA declassified gateway method stuff. Um about energy manifestation and the holographic universe. I know it sounds crazy, but the CIA declassified this document two years ago and what's inside of it is absolutely incredible. I'm going to play the brief introduction for you guys and then we'll end up rolling out. But here we go. This is one of the most interesting reads I've come across. It's rather complex and takes a while to digest, but it's 100% worth it. It's an official declassified CIA document and a terrific analysis of consciousness and beyond, known as the Gateway Process. While it's an older document and has been declassified for a while now, the fact that modern developments in science, quantum physics, psychedelics, and neurobiology confirm what's written within those pages is nothing short of outstanding. It explains consciousness in a profound and analytical way and merges knowledge from mystics from Hindu, Buddhist, and Tibetan cultures to contemporary scientific knowledge of Super interesting. If nothing else, just to know what they were doing. Super interesting. I'll put it in the show notes for everybody. Um, someone said in the comments, Arby's isn't actual roast beef. I 100% disagree. I happen to know it for a fact it is. It is roast beef. They cook it in store. They roast it in store. Um, this video, I watched it three times now. It is very scientific, but it is so interesting. Absolutely amazing to watch. I don't know if you guys want to stick around for another minute while we do Shooter McGavin to leave on a high note. What do you think? One for yes to hang around, two for no. One for yes to hang around and do shooter. Two for no. I'll go by what the audience wants. I'm waiting. Bueller. All right, we'll stick around. We got two ones, three ones, four ones, five ones. Ones is winning. Hell yes on the ones. All right. All right, we're doing shooter. And then we'll go on this happy, happy Friday. Thank you guys for being with me today. It's been a, a lot of fun talking to you about all of this. And I really want to get more in depth with it. Like there's so much to cover. And I feel like this is where I'm being pulled. This is where I'm being called. This is what I'm, I'm meant to be walking right now. And I always follow where my feet are led. Always. Always. Okay. This is a so, you know what I'm going to do? Bear with me a second. I'm going to end the audio broadcast so that, because they're not going to be able to see this. So I'm going to end the audio broadcast. Stick, Don't go anywhere. We're going to do this video, but I want to end the audio broadcast. You guys have been listening to the Dark Delight Podcast with Beans. You can check us out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern Time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. Also, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time, streaming live proudly on Rumble, X, and Getter. Also, don't forget to check out Frank's show Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Rumble and on QuiteFrankly.tv. And my new show, A Side of Beans, where we get together for an hour, Tuesdays and Thursdays, to laugh our asses off at random nonsense. We will be back on Monday.